Hello everyone and welcome to the May 24th edition of WorkComp Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Foles with Floyd, Scarin, and Kelly. Let's get started with our litigation report. The Supreme Court recently said it would hear arguments in lawsuits against the Schwarzenegger administration challenging the forced furloughs of workers at the state fund. At issue is whether the governor has the authority to furlough state employees through executive order. The court noted it may review the case while considering issues raised in other legal challenges targeting the administration's furlough policies. The suit was brought by a group representing state lawyers, hearing officers, and administrative law judges. The group claims the governor does not have the power to order the furloughs of state fund workers. There are more than 20 suits against the administration for forced furloughs. Most of these suits were brought by public employee unions. The California Supreme Court agreed in March 2009 to review the 6th District Court of Appeal published opinion in Hertz v. WCAB Aguilar. Aguilar sustained specific and cumulative injuries to both knees, shoulders, wrists, and right ankle while working for Hertz as an auto washer. Due to Aguilar's injuries and inability to read and write English, the work comp judge found him to be non-feasible for vocational rehabilitation and thus permanent totally disabled. The employer petitioned for reconsideration and the WCAB affirmed the work comp judge's decision and award. Hertz then petitioned the Court of Appeal for a review, contending that an employer should not be liable for total disability when an injured worker's inability to participate in rehab is due in part to non-industrial causes. The 6th District Court of Appeal agreed and reversed the finding of total disability. The argument was supported by new apportionment rules in Labor Code Section 4663. An employer is only liable for disability caused directly by industrial injuries. Aguilar's inability to read and write English was not directly caused by the injury and should not be a basis for the total disability award. The employer argued this apportionment language in the labor code was an exception to the Supreme Court position in the LaBeouf case. In LaBeouf, the Supreme Court held that when there is a finding of no vocational feasibility, that fact should be taken into account when assessing an injured employee's permanent disability rating. The Court of Appeal concluded in Hertz that LaBeouf does not apply where the non-feasibility finding is due in part to, to non-industrial conditions. Unexpectedly last week, the Supreme Court decided not to intervene in the Hertz case and dismissed the petition for hearing. The Hertz decision is now authoritative law favorable to the employer. This published Court of Appeal decision provides significant clarification of how LaBeouf applies under the new apportionment rules of SB 899. The Court of Appeals strictly construed limits on ex parte communications with a PQME in the published opinion of Alvarez v. WCAB. Here's what happened. 
a PQME phoned a defense attorney with the state fund to request copies of records following his deposition. The same day, the defense counsel wrote to the other attorney disclosing the phone call. Alvarez's attorney objected to the ex-party communication and petitioned for a new PQME under Labor Code Section 4062.3F. During trial, the state fund defense attorney testified that she terminated the call as soon as possible when she realized who was calling. She said that the PQME had only requested documents his office could not locate and did not discuss any merits of the case. The work comp judge found that there was no improper ex parte communication. He further stated that if every ex parte communication with a PQME violated the rule, administrative matters would be contrary to meeting statutory deadlines and providing benefits. Ex parte communications are not prohibited when they are solely involved in administrative matters, according to the work comp judge. Thus, the WCAB denied the request for a new panel. Alvarez then complained to the Court of Appeal that the Labor Code precludes ex parte communications and the WCAB cannot make exceptions on their own. The Court of Appeal agreed. The Court concluded the ex parte communication between the PQME and Defense Counsel violated the Labor Code and Alvarez was entitled to a new panel. This decision now requires parties to be extremely cautious about how or in what manner communications are directed to PQME evaluators. The Court of Appeal held that California's anti-SLAPP statute protects a state fund attorney from a lawsuit filed by a physician lien claimant. Here's what happened in that case. Dr. Unweda, MD is a board-certified orthopedic surgeon and is the majority owner of Frontline Medical Associates. Numerous medication reimbursement claims Frontline had submitted to the state fund remain unpaid, totaling about $2 million. Yudweda's attorney attempted to negotiate with the state fund attorney, Bruce Roth. In 2007, third parties told the doctor they heard that he was under investigation. The doctor believed these rumors arose from Roth contacting third parties and making negative statements about him. Using two subpoenas, the state fund and Roth sought confidential medical records of the doctor's patients and peer reviews privileged under evidence code section 1157. In response to the doctor's objections, Roth asserted that the state fund is a state agency pursuant to Labor Code Section 56. The doctor then sued Roth for abuse of process. Attorney Roth then filed a motion to strike the doctor's suit against him pursuant to Section 425.16 of the Code of Civil Procedure, which is California's anti-SLAPP statute. The Superior Court granted Roth's motion and the doctor unsuccessfully appealed the dismissal to the Second District Court of Appeal who issued an unpublished opinion. California's anti-SLAPP statute provides that a cause of action against a person 
arising from any act of that person in furtherance of the person's right of petition or free speech under the United States or California Constitution in connection with a public issue shall be subject to a special motion to strike unless the court determines that the plaintiff has established that there is a probability that the plaintiff will prevail on the claim. With respect to the second requirement under the anti-slap law, the Court of Appeal held that the litigation privilege defeat the, defeats the doctor's claim and it was not probable that the doctor would prevail in this case. The Court of Appeal therefore affirmed the dismissal awarding Attorney Roth his attorney fees and costs pursuant to section 425.16 of the code. And now our fraud report. A Sacramento man, Juan Enriquez, has been arrested for alleged workers' compensation insurance fraud. He was booked into a Sacramento jail with a bail set at $75,000. He was charged with three felony counts, including misrepresenting facts to obtain insurance at a lower rate. An investigation was triggered by a complaint from a former employee claiming he had suffered a broken elbow after falling from a roof while employed for Enriquez. Enriquez transported his employee to Woodland Healthcare Hospital where he required surgery. Enriquez then told his employee to lie to the hospital staff about where and how he was injured. Enriquez's roofing company has a workers' compensation insurance policy through the state fund, yet no claim was ever filed for his employee's injury. A state fund auditor uncovered unreported payroll to the state fund for approximately 20 employees. The EDD was also contacted and confirmed that Enriquez's roofing company was not reporting payroll as required by law. And in regulatory matters, the Division of Workers' Compensation Medical Unit has created two new optional forms for use when requesting additional or replacement QME panels. These forms are designed to help streamline the process and will help cut down the current panel backlog in represented cases. The DWC is encouraging the public to use these new optional forms rather than submitting a request with a cover letter to the existing form 105 or 106. The optional QME form 31.7 is used to make an additional panel request pursuant to QME regulations 31.7. The form asks for additional specialties and has checkboxes to select four reasons in support of the request. The second form is QME Form 31.5, which is used to make a replacement panel request pursuant to QME Regulation 31.5. This form has boxes to select from 17 reasons in support of the request. Documentation should be attached to support all of these requests. The forms are located on the DWC website. The self-insured group known as CAP, the Contractors Access Program of California, has insufficient deposits to cover its future estimated liabilities. The Office of Self-Insured Programs, or OSIP, Chief 
James Ware, requested a, def a deficit plan to correct the insufficiency. Regulations for SIGs require deposits filed with OSIP cover 135% of estimated future liabilities. CAPS deposit is currently at only 110% of estimated future liabilities. Last month, OSIP ordered CAP to provide weekly reports on all assessments. Last week, the DIR appointed Bickmore Risk Services as conservator for the Contractors Access Program of California. OSIP is confident that Bickmore will continue to guide the CAP back to financial stability. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services released a memorandum clarifying the requirements for including Medicare Part D prescription drugs in workers' compensation Medicare set-aside arrangements. A workers' compensation MSA is an allocation of funds from a claim settlement that is used to pay for individuals' future treatments. MSAs are required to avoid Medicare paying for health care expenses when other sources of funding are available. The purpose of the memorandum is to clarify past guidance on prescriptions. For Part D drugs to be covered by Medicare and included in workers' compensation settlements, they should be prescribed for outpatient use under the FDA. Thus, drugs that are prescribed off-label are typically not covered by Medicare and for that reason should not be included in the MSA calculations. And in other news, the Association of Hearing Representatives of California is a workers' compensation defense-oriented association that provides high-quality legal representation before the WCAB. Its purpose is to promote the general welfare of its members through educational programs, certification, and fostering close professional relationships among its members. New officers have been elected for 2010, all of whom have outstanding careers as hearing representatives. The new president is Paul Newman Rubin. The vice president is now Walter Hess. Ron Snyder is the secretary, and Steve Hoffman will serve as treasurer. Meetings are typically held on the third Friday of every month. Please check their website, www.ahrcdefense.org, for further information. The California workers' compensation insurance market is getting better, according to some industry experts. Pacific Comp President and CEO James Little believes that prices have been improving as some national insurance carriers have left the market. The recent improvement is one reason Employers Direct has relaunched as Pacific Comp, a specialty carrier. In August 2009, Employers Direct stopped soliciting new and renewal business on a direct basis. Mr. Little said his company concluded that the trusted advice of an independent agent and broker is what customers are seeking. Pacific Comp is now seeking relationships with 112 independent agents. Because of the complexity of California's workers' compensation insurance market, there is a need for a specialty writer that understands the state's volatile environment. On the other hand, others disagree with Little and have concerns about market conditions. 
The RAND Corporation recently indicated that the market will remain vulnerable to wide swings unless changes are made. Little responded to this study, admitting that the market is not perfect. There are still companies who have either identified these issues or are ignoring them, and if things stop moving in the right direction, there could be another catastrophe. That's all our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports using your iPhone or your iPod by searching for WorkComp Academy in the iTunes Store. Again, I'm Renee Foles with Floyd, Scarron, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us, and please visit us again next week for more news.